This is a podcast from Nordic Center in Shanghai. Located at Fudan University, Nordic Center is a platform for education and research collaboration between the five Nordic countries and China. And in this podcast, we showcase some of our activities in various academic fields. This episode is a recording of a public lecture by Heidi Harkonnen, a scholar at the University of Lapland, who combines her background in studying fashion design with her current research field of law. Heidi is a specialist in intellectual property rights in fashion, a very current subject for one of the world's biggest industries, where the line between inspiration and copying is often quite blurry. So in the lecture, Heidi goes through different kinds of intellectual property, from copyright to trademark to patents, as they apply to fashion in different legal systems. And as you can hear in the recording, answers a range of questions from Fudan University law students. So um, thank you everyone for coming to this lecture on fashion and copyright from a Nordic perspective. I'm just going to briefly introduce uh, Heidi Harkonnen. She is from uh, the University of Lapland, one of our member universities in Finland, uh, and a legal scholar. But she's been working on issues in fashion uh, for some time now, and she used to be a practitioner of law. Uh, so, without further ado, please welcome Heidi. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, Magnus, and. Well, welcome everyone to this fashion law lecture. I'm very excited to be here at Fudan University in Shanghai today. So thanks for Nordic Institute for inviting me here. Um, a few words about my background. So in addition to what Magnus told you, um, I have prior to my law studies, um, I have studied fashion designing in University of Lapland also for one year. So that's why I have this passion of fashion for fashion. And then I started researching fashion law, my um, two fields of expertise a um, few years ago. And now I have been a full-time PhD researcher for around one and a half years. And my PhD thesis is about exclusive rights to copyrights that I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, First, I would like to ask you, have any of you ever heard about fashion law? Please raise your hands if you have. You have heard, so four. Okay, that's, that's great, like around half. Um, super. Um, the content of the lecture today is that I'm first going to introduce you to the world of fashion law quite briefly to tell you a bit uh, what is fashion law really about. And then I'm going to introduce intellectual property rights, particularly the ones that are uh, really important in the fashion industry. I'm going to concentrate on copyright because that's the main um, topic of my, my thesis and what I have researched the most. And then I'm going to present the alternatives to copyright, uh, tell about the possible overlaps of these different IPRs, um, go through the advantages of copyright protection and then some concluding remarks after which we can have like a, a discussion and commenting session about this presentation and please feel free to um, interrupt me at any time and ask questions if something comes to your mind um, so first let's go to what, what fashion law is really about so it is a field of law that 
investigates the legal issues that arise throughout the whole cycle of a fashion item. So uh, since a fashion design appears to the desk of a, of a fashion designer, when the designer creates it, when it's manufactured, uh, advertised, sold, used, and after that it's uh, textile waste or recycled. So throughout the whole uh, circle of fashion, mm. all the legal issues that are involved there. Um, fashion law um, investigates these legal issues exactly from the fashion industry's point of view. So not like in traditional legal science, um, fashion law is not thinking about abstract legal questions, but rather how do these legal issues um, arise in the fashion industry? What are the fashion industry specialities when it comes to legal questions? Um, Diane von Furstenberg, who was one of the founders of the Fashion Law Institute in New York, Fordham University, uh, she describes fashion law in a way that the point is that fashion designers and lawyers and other people who work in the fashion industry could sort of speak the same language and understand each other better. And also one point of fashion law is to um, share legal knowledge to fashion designers and uh, other people working in the fashion industry and also to lawyers to learn about the fashion industry and what is important to the industry and how does it really works, work because a lot of lawyers are not really familiar with this industry that um, is highly artistic and thus it has a lot of uh, special intellectual property issues and that's actually how we get to the IPR issues so most issues in the field of fashion law are they, they have something to do with intellectual property rights. Um, for example, where to draw, draw the line between copying, that infringing someone else's design, and what is just inspiration, participating in the same trend. Now, do you, are you familiar with the concept of intellectual property rights? No. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's great. So intellectual property rights, especially copyright, are um, a reward for a creator, an author, fashion designer, to receive an exclusive right to their, for their creativity. So it's kind of like an intangible salary for them. Um, an incentive to create something. And fashion, because it's on the borderline between art and industry is a very extremely IPR intensive industry. However, um, there are some special problems. Um, since the copyright system was mostly designed for um, traditional fields of arts, like fine arts and music, um, it doesn't really take into account contemporary arts such as fashion, mm -hmm. fashion designs. Also, which what creates problems is that um, fashion is based on both um, 
creativity and then imitation of certain level. On the other hand, um, trends require clothes that are similar looking at the same time. But then fashion designers also should be somehow distinctive from other fashion designers to be special. So there's a, there's a certain paradox at this issue. Now, intellectual property rights mm, can be divided to copyright and then industrial rights. Copyright is um, supposed to protect the individual artists and then industrial rights, trademark, patent, design rights, they are um, mostly designed to protect industries, um, businesses, companies. So we could think that copyright is uh, the most important right to an individual fashion designer and then these industrial rights are more important maybe to the fashion company, fashion business. But they all might overlap and uh, complement each other and work at the same time. And I'm going to I'm going to later show how that works. So copyright, my favorite intellectual property right. So as I said, it's a reward for uh, creativity, for the author of the work. An author in a copyright sense is a fashion designer. But not all fashion um, receives copyright. In order for a work, a fashion designer, fashion design I mean, um, to re receive a copyright protection, it needs to be two things, independent and original creation. That is called the copyright threshold. If a dis fashion design or any other piece of art is independent and original, then it passes the copyright threshold and receives copyright protection. In the world of fashion, especially um, highly artistic, fashion designs, haute couture, and then textile prints um, can receive copyright protection rather easily and be independent and original. But then when we think about clothing and fashion that is very basic, simple, um, very common, that kind of fashion designs usually do not get copyright protection. When we think about, for example, basic blue jeans, um, t-shirt, um, men's shirt that they wear with suits, Th those kind of um, fashion items usually are not worth copyright protection. Yes? Uh, you, uh, you, you both have questions. Well, you first. Okay. Okay. Uh, you said the basic t-shirt and the jeans cannot get the copyright protection. Why? Is this because it's in a, a public domain? Well, yeah, it's basically in a public domain if they are not independent and original enough. I'm now talking about jeans and t-shirts that have nothing special, but um, if jeans have somehow like a very original cut or, I don't know, the seams go in some very peculiar way, then I see no problem if it's independent and original enough for that kind of jeans to pass the copyright threshold. Also, um, t-shirt, um, if it has, for example, some, um, some print 
that's mm -hmm. individual and original, that could make the print of the T-shirt worth copyright protection. Um, but it's all about it's all about the independency and originality of a fashion item. You. Um, my question is, how, uh, how do you uh, define the basic? Uh, you know, some, uh, some designs contain, uh, for example, some tables and mm -hmm. some uh, circles. Um, is it a basic or only blank, uh, pure color like that? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to define. It, um, it is always evaluated case by case. And since copyright is born automatically, so it's not registered anywhere, uh, it's sometimes um, difficult to even know if the copyright threshold has been passed. And uh, well, finally, a court can evaluate whether there is copyright, whether, whether there is copyright involved in some fashion item. So it's always case by case evaluation. But the more original a fashion design is, the more likely it is that it will receive copyright protection. Um, so is there, uh, in Europe, is there any um, basic standards for uh, this judgment? Well, the originality level varies uh, country by country. And um, in a few slides, I will have some examples of different European countries um, perspective to copyright protection and the originality. Yes, Magnus? I have a question more basically about copyright because I know some cases um, in fashion IPR disputes have been with native peoples and their yeah. designs, for example, Greenland and Native Americans. Yeah. Can groups of people have a copyright to something? That's an excellent question that you brought up. I'm very interested in the copyright protection of traditional wearables and dress heritage. The problem is uh, firstly, that the copyright system was designed to this Western form of creativity and it does not really um, fit well with this um, indigenous uh, way of creativity. But there is not, not really um, a problem for copyright to apply to collective creativity. So, I mean, there can also be a group of fashion designers who create something and then that, that group would be the copyright holder, each one of them. But when it comes to this indigenous dress heritage, uh, there are problems like who is the author because the traditional wearables have evolved uh, during a long period of time. So the, it's difficult to identify the author. And then the legal system usually sees that these dress heritage products are in the public domain, even though they are not really in the public domain except for those people in question. So this is a really complex issue, but the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of the Indigenous People, um, Article 31, if I'm right, uh, states that the indigenous people have the right to their own intellectual property and their own culture. So when we think about this declaration, we should also in Western countries and all countries think about how to better protect this indigenous creativity. Yeah, um, nice question. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah? Still one more question. Sure. Uh, in, I know some, uh, how the, uh, the, the clothes that are cut out uh, uh, 
is a really important uh, important effect on the how I look. You know, some uh, kind of makes me look more beautiful, and uh, if it's protected by the copyright. Uh, the cutout also, if it's original enough, it can be protected by copyright, and also um, dress and the patterns, sewing patterns of clothes, they can be also protected by copyright if they are original enough. Okay. Um, but how, how could they be protected? By, uh, by patent? Um, usually not patent. Uh, patent is more like technical innovations. I have also an example later about something in the world of fashion that is protected by patent. But as a general rule, I'd say that in fashion industry, patents are not that common when you compare to copyright and design rights and trademark. Okay. Yes. So, as I said, not all fashion designs receive copyright protection. Um, no one can own one trend and have an exclusive right to some certain style. As a general rule, when it comes to the whole copyright system, Ideas themselves cannot be protected, but ex expressions of ideas can be protected by copyright. Also, this referring, citing, borrowing elements from other designers' works, it's something that happens in the fashion industry uh, quite usually. I have an example here about something that could quite typically be protected by copyright. So Alexander McQueen, Haute Couture Creations, they are um, rather original creations, mm, very individual. And I would say that when it comes to these types of Haute Couture Creations, it is rather easy to receive copyright protection. Um, I mentioned earlier that the originality level is defined uh, country by country. Mm. So even though copyright is harmonized internationally with Berne Convention, more or less, there are dif uh, differences between member countries and different countries. Um, one biggest difference is between civil law countries and common law countries. So common law countries are those countries where legislation is based on case law, such as United States, United Kingdom, and um, well, basically all commonwealth countries. English-speaking countries are usually uh, common law countries. And then civil law countries, um, that where the legislation relies on codifications. Usually civil law countries, as a general rule, have better protection for fashion designs than common law countries. Furthermore, um, well, in this presentation, I'm quite going to concentrate about the Nordic aspect, since we are in the Nordic Institute. Um, even these Nordic countries have differences in their copyright laws approach to fashion designs. Uh, it's funny, actually, since all the copyright laws uh, in the Nordic countries date back to the same time, so early 1960s, except for Denmark that 
renewed their copyright law rather recently. But when you look at the codifications, they look all quite similar to each other. But the difference is in the interpretation of the copyright law. And where these differences come from is that um, they come from this concept of applied art. So fashion is not seen as traditional art, it's an applied art. And then different countries have different kind of perspective on how to protect applied art, or is it protected at all? For example, in Finland, uh, the copyright threshold for applied art, such as fashion, is, is rather high, so it's difficult for fashion design uh, in Finland to receive copyright protection. In Sweden, then, it's rather easy. Um, the copyright threshold is much lower for fashion designs and other applied arts. Uh, one could ask, does this have a difference, uh, I mean, or does this affect on the fashion markets? I mean, when you think about Finnish and Swedish fashion markets or, or famous Finnish and Swedish designers, Finnish fashion is more, um, I mean, I have to say, Finland is not a famous fashion country, <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of individual artistic designers that create very um, avant-garde original fashion designs that are great for runway shows. But when we talk about fashion to masses, so um, yeah, like more, um, more, more the kind of fashion that, that everybody wears. In Sweden, they have a lot of big fashion companies that everyone shops at. Sweden is famous for companies like, like H&M. And uh, well, Denmark also actually has the same thing. So Danish people are like really um, good in this type of commercial fashion. Uh, I don't know, it might be too far-fetched to say that the copyright laws approach um, really affects the way how the fashion is designed. I mean, do the designers take into account that uh, they, whatever they create, they trust that it's protected or do they have to design very original and unique creations in order to trust that their work is protected by copyright? But also what it might be is that because the Finnish fashion market is very small, Finnish people, it's really unfortunate, I have to say, but do not always really appreciate fashion. So does this um, perspective of, of the, the, the opinion, the public opinion affect the copyright laws approach? I don't know, these are something, like some things that I just, sometimes think in my head because the fashion markets are like so different in different Nordic countries. But, well, this is a great example. This is a Fjällreven Dow jacket, Swedish product, and this was actually granted copyright protection in the Svea Court of Appeals. And the court stated uh, in its ruling that fashion items, any other applied art items are entitled to the same level of copyright protection as any other forms of art. So this was considered to be 
independent and original creation in Sweden. Mm, then another European Union uh, country's um, case about copyright protection of fashion items. This is um, Yves Saint-Laurent Le Smoking um, Tuxedo Suit for Women. In 1994, Ralph Lauren designed a similar kind of suit, and this is from the late 1960s, the original version. And so Saint Laurent sued Ralph Lauren in France, and the court stated that um, this tuxedo suit for women, the smoking, is actually original and independent creation, and Ralph Lauren was um, convicted of copyright infringement of this the smoking suit. So this kind of shows what kind of an approach the legislator in France that has a very long tradition, uh, long history in the fashion industry. What kind of, uh, this shows what kind of an approach the country has to protecting of fashion designs. But it's not only about infringing and coping and um, court cases when it comes to copyright of fashion designs and, uh, and researching copyrights of fashion designs. Because, well, there's also these win-win situations for brands that use each other's copyright, they borrow them. Um, so different designers, different brands can, of course, make contracts and um, license their copyrights to each other. This, I think, is a nice example of uh, getting benefit from each other's copyrights. So this is Ivana Helsinki, a Finnish fashion brand. Um, also, by the way, that has been in the court with Ivana Trump in New York a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ivana Helsinki is the name of this Finnish fashion brand. and. Then Moomin characters. Do you know Moomin? This um, this fairy tale uh, comic. This screen includes Moomin characters, and Moomin characters Ltd. licensed out their copyright of Tuve Jansson's very famous characters, and they were used in fashion. And as I said, copyright is not the only intellectual property right that is involved in the world of fashion. Trademark is also something very popular that are they are often used when protecting fashion designs. Um, the function of trademarks is not really to protect creativity but to protect both businesses and consumers. Trademark protects, for example, the source and the quality and distinctiveness of the product. So when a consumer sees a certain trademark, then they can rely that it comes from a specific source and it has a certain quality and they know what they're buying. Um, and for businesses, the purpose is to prevent other businesses from free riding the trademark that they maybe worked a lot for in order to get a great brand value for their products. 
fashion is a very trademark oriented industry mostly because well people like to wear logos and also because trademark is a very reliable way of protecting fashion designs and mm, one reason why brands really like to cover their designs in trademark is that in some countries like the United States uh, fashion companies cannot really rely on copyright protection because United States doesn't grant copyright protection for fashion designs at all except for some uh, certain exceptions mm. but as a general rule fashion, trademark is something that you can really easily protect fashion with if you have a distinctive trademark I have here some exceptions of very famous fashion trademarks trademark can be for example, a word like this Gucci word here is a trademark. Uh, yeah, one can totally argue that these shoes are not fashionable, but they are protected. These Crocs shoes are protected by 3D trademark. Uh, signature patterns of fashion companies like the Burberry Scotch pattern are usually protected by trademark. Uh, logos like this Louis Vuitton uh, monogram logo pattern that is also a registered trademark so here you can totally see that the whole design of this accessory is based on using the registered trademark and here we've got Christian Louboutin shoes and this red sole is actually a color trademark in various countries of Christian Louboutin. So, for example, European Union, United States, then various um, different countries. In those countries where Christian Louboutin has a registration, they are the only shoe manufacturer who can who can sell shoes that have red soles. Yes. Did you uh, just say that Americans uh, don't grant their uh, designs? Um, you mean copyright? Uh, yeah, as a general rule, America, the United States does not grant copyright protection for fashion design because fashion designs are seen as useful articles and they cannot be protected by copyright. That's why the companies uh, like to use trademarks as eye-catchers in their product, so the whole design is kind of based on the trademark protection. So, so, so they only protect it by the trademark? Sorry? So uh, Americans only protect their uh, fashion products by the trademark? Uh, trademark or design patent or copyright in some certain situations like, uh, for example, a print or some ornament of a fashion design that can be taken out from the design and that's like independent from the piece of clothing that can usually be protected by copyright but the design itself usually cannot be protected by copyright but then they have this um, design patent system in the United States that I'm really not familiar with but um, that's also a, an option to uh, protect the overall appearance of the fashion design but then 
uh, I believe that also that must be registered. So unlike copyright, that's not born automatically. I'm not completely sure about this though, because I'm not an expert of uh, the United States legislation. So I'm uh, mostly concentrating on the Nordic and European perspective. But in Nordic, European is protected by the uh, copyright? Usually it depends on, on the country because European countries, Nordic countries, they are civil law countries. Um, United, uh, United Kingdom is an exception, it's a common law country, but their fashion designs can sometimes receive copyright protection. If they are artistic enough, um, maybe if they're handmade, very original creations, then it's more easier for them to receive copyright protection. But as a general rule, fashion design is better protected by copyright in European countries than what it is in the United States. Is there an overlap of rights uh, in, of design in uh, Nordic European? Because uh, in one way it yeah. is protected by the design, mm -hmm. and uh, in the yeah. other way, overlap is uh, overlapping of different IPR rights is possible, and I will uh, come to that after a few slides. So we will concentrate on that later. Okay. Yeah, you also yes. had a question. I'm talking about this uh, trademark, and uh, there's a case in this early year that Adidas that charged that Tesla Model 3 for their three stripes. So how yeah. about the, this overlaps between different fairs? Different fairs. Um, one is a fashion, uh, is a sports uh, fashion company and another is a, a new um, knowledge car company and there have this overlaps. Of trademarks? Yes. Yeah, it depends on the fact whether uh, another company has registered their trademark in a class that involves cars. Because cars and uh, fashion, they are different products and trademark always needs to be registered in certain class. In the fashion industry, usually class 25, which is uh, clothes and, and accessories, according to the Nice uh, classification. But, but a lot of brands also register some other classes. But it sounds quite peculiar to me that, like, uh, that the fashion house would have registration in a class that includes cars. But yeah, it's, it's not impossible. Okay. Um, then, in addition to trademark right, we have design right. Design right protects always the overall appearance of a product. It is a European Union speciality. Uh, and it's a great protection method for brands that enter European market or European brands. It's rather a new right. Um, the design directive and regulation there were from 2002 or something like that. So uh, it's, it doesn't have as long history as copyright that has hundreds of years of history. Design right protects the, in, um, the visual appearance of a product and it's valid for maximum 25 years, five years at a time and can be renewed for four times if it's registered. And then there's also this concept of unregistered design right that can be valid for three years maximum and that cannot be renewed. 
design right is often considered to be uh, the, the primary IPR protection for fashion designs. And that is the reason why in some European Union countries like Finland, the copyright threshold for fashion is rather high because the legislator sort of thinks that, well, fashion designers, you already have design protection, why do you need copyright for? But, well, maximum protection in design right is 25 years, whereas at copyright, it's 70 years after the death of the author. So it, the copyright lasts much longer. Um, I have an example here about something that's protected that by this European uh, design, right? It's the same as there, the photo of this Lumi accessories bag, but different color. This overall appearance is protected by registered design, right? And also these handles, this detail is protected by um, another design right registration as well. There is one uh, interesting case from European Union Court of Justice about design rights. Here, um, on the left-hand side, you see a Karen Millen shirt. And then on the right-hand side, this copying shirt that was produced by these Dunnes stores, um, sold under, under brand name Solidar. What does it say there? Anyway, um, Karen Millen sued gun stores uh, for infringement of their unregistered design right. So Karen Millen had not registered the design right, but they claimed that they do have a design right to this. Gun stores didn't even try to, um, uh, to, to say that, no, we didn't, didn't copy and this is our creation. They, they said like, well, yeah, we copied, but so what? We don't think you have a design right to that item because <laughs> Uh, what, what Dunstar said is that, well, this is the basic color shirt, nothing new, striped color, mm -hmm. striped fabric, nothing new, and then this pocket here. Not, none of this, these uh, um, details are new. Mm -hmm. But the European Union Court of Justice stated that it doesn't matter if the details are something old, and there's nothing new. It's the way how they are combined. If that combination is new, um, then that, um, that, that can be a new design. And Karen Millen was considered then to have an unregistered design right to that shirt. Now we are talking about the overlaps, like we just briefly discussed. So, all these intellectual property rights, they can overlap and sort of support each other and complete each other, all help the fashion designer or the fashion house to maintain ex and achieve exclusive rights to their creations. And, um, well, for example, industrial rights like design rights, registered design rights, and trademark rights, they have the advantage compared to copyright that they, because they're registered, you have a document, certificate of the registration. So if you go to court, you have that to present. With copyright, you always need to start with, do you have copyright at all? Is your creation independent and original enough? But um, the best situation is that a fashion design has various 
different um, intellectual property rights applicable to it at the same time. I have an example here. This, I don't know if it's a dress or shirt or a poncho, but um, creation of Isomiyake. Isomiyake, the guy's name, the brand name, that's protected by copyright. Uh, sorry, trademark, it's registered as a trademark. And then when we look at this <coughs> creation, that could be original enough to receive copyright, but also the overall appearance could have design right. And then in addition to this, this pleating technique that Isomiyake uses is patented. So here, we have a technical innovation within the field of fashion that um, that has a patent. So even though patents are usually um, not something that the fashion industry really uses or really benefits from, but sometimes there are innovations like this that get patent protection. Um, so why should we then even concentrate to copyright protection when we have all these other rights? Well, first of all, as I said, all these rights complete each other, so they work well together. But the fashion designers and the whole industry actually could really benefit from copyright protection, and in those countries where copyright protection to fashion exists, they already do benefit from that, as we saw in that Fjellreven case about the jacket and the Saint Laurent Le Smoking case. Well, of course, there are companies uh, who, are, who have a business model that's completely based on coping, fast fashion companies like Forever 21. These brands, of course, are not delighted about the copyright protection because their whole business idea is based on copyright infringements. Mm. But what is so great about copyright is, well, first of all, it lasts so long, 70 years after the death of an author, or 50 years, that's the Berne Convention minimum. And for example, in China, it's 50 years, but Nordic countries, it's 70 years after the death of the order. So it's much longer than design right, for example, where the maximum is 25 years. Um, then copyright, it's born automatically. It doesn't need registration. When we think about a fashion designer's, fashion house's collection, there's usually a lot of different pieces. So if all of those pieces are original and independent enough, or, well, those pieces that are, they automatically receive copyright protection. So the designer does not think, need to think that which one of these should I register as designs. Also, copyright is free of costs, which is great, especially for um, small startup fashion brands. They don't need to invest in registration costs if they get copyright protection. Then there's this sustainability aspect that I was thinking. Um, when we think about the cycle of fashion, it's really fast now. Brands have multiple collections every year. There's some fast fashion companies, even 52 micro collections every year because their business model is based on coping. They don't really need to design or use creativity. If coping, if copyright infringements were 
if, if grouping was made more difficult, then um, other fashion brands should really be more careful uh, when it comes to coping and taking inspiration from others and slow down their whole process of um, bringing new stuff to the markets. Maybe if coping was made more difficult for fast fashion copycats, it would also slow down the cycle of fashion because this uh, it, it would be impossible to copy another designer's work and then just um, sell cheap versions of that as your own designs. Also, I think we should ask, should fashion designer as a performer of creative work be treated any differently than other creative artists, such as well, visual artists, musicians, writers, other people who do creative work? Why should fashion designers not receive an exclusive right to their um, creative works? Of course, because fashion is based on both innovation and imitation at the same time. The ideal level of copyright protection should be defined really carefully. Um, that's why uh, the copyright, too strong copyright protection uh, would not likely work within the field of fashion it could affect spreading of trends. I don't think anyone really wants that. No one should not be able to be inspired by some other designers. Inspiration is good, imitation not good. Of course, there are different levels of coping and not all coping constitutes a copyright infringement. It, um, because well, brands and designers, they can cite and borrow and be inspired by each other, have some similarities in their collections, and they are not necessarily copyright infringement. Trademark infringements then, and re registered design right infringement then, um, they are more big of a risk for uh, the, the person who's imitating or being inspired by other um, fashion designers trademark or registered design right because well as i said copyright you don't get a registration certificate for that but with these industrial rights you do so they are it's it's way easier to take an industrial right infringement to court so well to all fashion designers i i would advise not to be inspired by trademarks it highly depends on the particular designing style of a fashion designer, fashion house, whether copyright is applicable at all. Very artistic, haute couture creations are way more likely to get copyright protection than these more ordinary looking common fashion designs. And also these decorative ornaments of uh, fashion designs that can be sort of taken out and from a fashion design and then they can exist independently, like for example a fabric print. For them it's also rather easy to receive copyright protection. 
This overlapping of intellectual property rights is very common in fashion and it usually works really well. And all different IPRs, they support each other. I made this chart to kind of um, highlight the differences between different styles of fashion and the different IPRs and what protects what the best. So copyright, remember it's the best protection form for haute couture, original artistic costume art creations and fabric prints. Trademark then for logos, there's also a logo signature prints or, or something that appears in your collection time after time and you can get a 3D trademark for that. Patent for technical innovations and design right for design and the form often of a fashion design, the overall appearance. And here, finally, the pros and cons of its different intellectual property rights. I'm not gonna go through this now in a detailed way, but I was thinking that after this presentation, I could give the institute these slides, and then if you want, you, the institute can maybe send these slides to you, so you can check later. And thank you very much, Yushini. And uh, <laughs> this, it seems very nice to talk to you. And I think now we can have a discussion about all these topics. Yes. But thank you so much, Heidi. That was really, really interesting and um, really insightful. And I, I really like your point about sustainability. I had not thought of that before. Thanks. Uh, in terms of the fast pace. But I actually have a question that's more, um, that's of a practical nature when you're a designer. Mm -hmm and uh, you want to avoid copyright infringement yeah. for the design you're creating. If there's no registry of copyright, mm -hmm. uh, and also given the fast pace of passion creation that you mentioned, yeah. you know, the many seasons that now exist, it used to be two, now it's so many collections a year for all these mm -hmm. brands, how on earth do you navigate what others might have a copyright on in order to avoid? Well, copyright? yeah, it's, it's very, difficult, almost impossible to navigate. But as a designer, if you want to avoid uh, copyright infringement, um, being sued for copyright infringement, um, it's, well, important, firstly, like, well, first thing, uh, do not copy, at least on a purpose. I heard from this one university that teaches fashion designs that some students who don't know about intellectual property rights maybe take photos from Pinterest and then they just copy the fashion design that they see there. Uh, but now I think you're more talking about situations where you copy accidentally. Well, in those cases, to avoid and protect yourself, it's important that you uh, keep all your drafts and sketches of your designing progress so you can later show that this is sort of where I started my designing and this is what led me to the, to the result, the, the end product. Um, so you kind of, you can show you how your creative path went. So yeah, yeah keep all your sketches and the, everything in the process safe. Any other questions? Sorry. Yeah? I have a question about the, uh, the introduction in a, in a product conclusion that 
um, you know that uh, the, the fashion industry uh, is protected by the design right, the patent, uh, the copyright, and the trademark. But um, uh, according to my understanding, uh, the patent you refers here is about uh, the material, the innovation in in the clothing. Right? Yeah, basically uh, any innovation. That's yeah, yeah, but. But you know, uh, in China, um, the patent uh, include uh, those uh, innovation that uh, we just talked and uh, the desire right. But the desire right uh, requires two uh, um, conditions. One is the, uh, I mean, the desire, and two, it should have the practical function. Yeah. So. Um, um, when we talk about the desire right, uh, I mean, uh, in China it is included in the patent law, okay. but um, but it is mainly used in uh, I mean uh, industrial desire, mm -hmm. like uh, uh, like this this yeah. uh, function, function, yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, it does not contain in uh, like clothes uh, uh, bags. So um, I think if we want to uh, develop some kind of uh, design right in the uh, uh, fashion industry, <coughs> maybe it, could, uh, it, it, it is not the same concept. And, uh, and I think when we talk about design right in the fashion industry, it might be, um, I mean, um, uh, like a, a, a clothes company or a bag company, um, we care more about uh, more about the material, uh, the brand, and the culture it represents, and the quality. Instead of, um, um, I mean, we we concern more about these factors and then the uh, desires. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I understand. So basically, the functions of the trademark system, so the quality and distinctiveness of certain logos. Uh, yeah, that was very interesting to hear about the Chinese patent and design patent system. So, yeah, it, it sounds like the Chinese system combines the design right and patent system, but in Europe we have, they are like two totally different systems. Um, but yeah, very interesting to hear. Uh, thank you. But, but you know, that. Um in recent years, the, uh, there are some uh, Chinese scholars uh, who, is in, who are interested in studying the design right in the uh, in the fashion design uh, in the fashion industry. So I think your stage is quite helpful. Thank you. Nice to meet. Uh, other questions? Mm -hmm. Other questions? Um, I hope to ask them, what's your opinion about the fast fashion industry? Because I heard some news that fast fashion news such as H&M or Zara, they will bury, bury or or destroy the clothes yeah. that they sold because they copied another yeah. famous famous company. So my question is, even you have some copyright, such as the suiting case, you have the copyright, you have the trademark, you have the design rights protection, but if you cannot get such evidence, you think, you think to go the infringement oh, oh. yeah of course you need to always uh, if, if you want to sue someone for copying you need to evaluate uh, the cost the, yeah the costs and the, the risk that you're taking 
in the litigation, but uh, you ask for my opinion about the fast fashion yeah. business model. I don't mm -hmm. think that it's sustainable in intellectual property way to uh, infringe and free ride other people's design and creations. And also ecologically, I think it's not sustainable at all. And um, well, personally, I boycott fast fashion companies because I don't mm -hmm. want to buy um, cheap um, clothes that have a bad quality. And also, I don't like the coping methods that the fast fashion companies have. Yeah? Um, thank you for your question. Um, thank you for lecture, and yeah. my question is, uh, since you have mentioned the copyright uh, can last longer, and it's free of registration yeah. and free of registration fee, yeah. mm -hmm. so why there, uh, the uh, manufacturers and the uh, mm, distributors still have motivation to uh, have design rights to well, register? Well, yeah, because copyright is, it's, um, in most countries, it's not something that you can rely on that the le legislature uh, sees your design worth talking to right protection. Like we talked about um, in Finland, for example, the copyright threshold is rather high, so it's difficult for those to get copyright protection because usually they are not seen to be original enough. And uh, then there's of course the thing that because copyright is free, of course, it, of course it's not registered anywhere. So if you go to court, you don't have a document to attach your claim that I have a right to this certain design. You always first have you have to start with proving that you actually have the copyright in the first place. So that's why companies prefer these registered rights because then they have like some something to um, to show that that what, what they have justification for their lawsuit. So do we in practice copyright uh, uh, is just a supplementary uh, right now, yeah, it's um, supplementary and a lot of brands do not rely only on copyright. But what I to research is how to make the copyright system better for fashion for the fashion industry. How the copyright system would better serve fashion designers. Yeah, other questions? Okay, I'm curious to know how to tell uh, inspiration from imitation. Is this always a easy task? No, it's mostly always a difficult task. <laughs> uh, what you should do then if you are thinking about if some um, fashion design infringes another fashion designs, design them, copyrights them, is, um, well, first look at the similarities and then the differences. Uh, is this the second work, so the alleged copy, is it independent and original enough compared to the, the first one? Mm. Is the overall appearance the same or is it different? Are they uh, easily confused to each other? These are the kind of questions that you should ask. And well, courts evaluate these cases case by case. So there's 
it's really difficult to say uh, with any yes and or no um, answer in this invitation or interaction cases. Yeah, and you mentioned another point that the um, similar countries protect these functions of copyrights over the well, one reason is that um, when you think about common law countries, the word copyright itself in English gives us a hint. Copyright, so it's the right to make a copy from someone else's work. And uh, in civil law countries, usually when you di uh, directly translate the local word, like in Finnish, it's or um, in Swedish, it's Uxvet. If you directly translate that um, in this, it's the author's right, not copyright, but the right of an author mm -hmm. to their work. So here, um, the, the whole philosophy behind this is um, <coughs> these copyright countries, in other countries, they have a utilitarian perspective. So how can the whole society mm -hmm. benefit from individual creativity? Whereas um, in copyright, these copyright in authors' right countries, several countries have this natural rights philosophy uh, towards works of art, and the philosophy behind this means that it's naturally right, that it's the right thing to do to give this creative person an exclusive right to use their creativity. So that these also these 
fashion brands of developing countries could build something of their own and mm, I mean and this in contrast to the situation where a developing countries would only basically copy other brands or uh, first world country brands um, and then I think in, in the end if developing countries succeed in building their own distinctive original fashion brands uh, to global markets that also benefits the uh, local economy in a better way than if it would just concentrate on coping of other brands. Okay. Other questions? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you said, now so we need just to make the copyright better for the fashion. Yeah. So what's your proposal or how you could change the the copyright law or just to try to alter the the standard for the copyrights? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's about the standards of the copyright and especially making the position of applied arts better yeah. compared to this traditional arts, mm -hmm. so that the copyright system would better acknowledge um, the the importance of these new contemporary forms of art. And I think the legal system should be able to renew itself in a society that changes because well when copyright system. Um, was born late 18th century, there was really no such thing as fashion industry. Those were like all made individually then um, by seamstresses as a general rule. Um, so, say the world changes and the fashion industry involves a lot of creative talent, artists that uh, whose how they work, how, how they work and where do they uh, present their art is that they present their art uh, on a human body, not hanging from a wall, mm -hmm. like fine arts, for, for example. And I think the copyright system should acknowledge the creativity of these artists also, and to protect their creativity. Is that because, just because of fashion and clothes, actually? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when the designer that designed so they have its ideas, and they use this way to express, to express their ideas, represent their ideas by the fashion, just the design, the clothes, and like that. But actually, so when this clothes actually is on the different peoples, so probably probably have the different kind of the, okay, let's show up. Just say the consequences, which is yeah. show up. So it's same clothes. For example, it's on my part, on my and on the uh, his. Maybe it's a, the the effect is different, and the, the expressions of the ideas people read it is also different. So in this this kind of reasons make this the fashion difficult to get through just the the pattern threshold. Do you mean more like, I mean, you mentioned like showing off? Showing off, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it's more about this trademark law issue and logos. About, like, yeah, so the, that's why the logos, because it's uh, much more easy, because you have a logo that no matter it's yeah. on with whose body bodies, it's the same. Yeah, you can signal to other consumers that look at me, I have, <coughs> I have the money for it. Logo, yeah. yeah. So though, if you just only look at the, the fashion clothes, yeah. Because it's different, probably 
with uh, the different part of the person's body, it will yeah. have different show of the, the yeah. effect. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's rather unfortunate. Trademark also has this kind of uh, function. Um, but yeah, to be fair, that also uh, is something that happens in other industries as well. If you have an Apple iPhone, for example, then you're also it's kind of a uh, show of me or some fancy car and then the car trademark. So oh. trademarks also they um, make this kind of using fashion as a show of possible. But um, one aspect to this is that why brands and uh, fashion houses rely on trademark protection so, so much and make this showing off thing uh, possible is that it's so easy to protect your designs by trademark. You just add your logo there everywhere yeah. and then you don't really need to even design the garment. You just add logos because those are the, those are the easiest ways to protect. Sure. So yeah. because the garment is because it's ex we have expressions and properties of various on the different places of different. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a question? Does that mean that if you're a startup company, um, that you're really almost always going to protect your trademarks because I just feel like the copyright system, because you're not registering the, uh, yeah. the copyright, you're, it's like a substantial unfair advantage to a smaller player versus um, companies like Chanel or Burberry yeah. have so much exposure in the public yeah. that the public will be like, yeah, obviously this is a Burberry design or a Chanel design. Whereas like the smaller player can't really come in and be like, that's my design, you know. Um, I feel like it would kind of have to protect the trademark instead of copyright. Well, uh, I, you know, like the, the smaller companies also should or have to protect their copyright trademark. Yeah, I just, like to me, because it's not being registered, I don't understand how people will recognize it as a trademark. Yeah, I know. Um,
Dream or Adventure are these three not your trademark? Or your it depends. Uh, it, well, both, both can happen. It depends if the infringement is about trademark mm -hmm. or about copyright. Let's say a small fashion company registered their name as trademark, mm -hmm. or they can even register some RG model as a trademark. Company is copying that, then they can sue for trademark infringement. But let's say a small startup fashion brand um, presents their collection in some fashion college one way show that's very original and independent, mm -hmm. and then some uh, big fashion company copies that, then that would be a copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it always depends uh, which rights are infringed. And you can even sue for multiple in terms of writing and things that they're after. Uh, other questions? Yeah. yeah. This is a final question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I was so interested when you mentioned that the fashion industry uh, IP protection is easier in the civil civil countries yeah. more than that golden law yeah. countries. I, I, I wondered why. Oh, well, yes, because we just discussed about it. Uh, it's because these common law countries have this utilitarian approach to protecting any kind of art. Uh, because, well, when you think about the word copyright, it's about other people's right to make a copy of a protected work. And then in civil law countries, uh, they have this author's rights system. So they protect more the individual artists and the artist's creativity. And in these civil law countries, uh, there's this um, natural law perspective to the subject behind it. So these civil law countries, the philosophy is sort of like when someone uh, does creative work, they are entitled to the copy to copyright of that because that's just the right thing to do in a moral sense. Okay, uh, so thank you.